Thanks for being back tonight. We're glad to be together to worship God, to study from His Word. Um, Tonight I want to talk to you about uh, the media and uh, take a little bit different angle on it than we have maybe in the past. You know, we all know that the movie industry and the television industry and the music industry is very immoral. Uh, They're portraying violence and foul language and immorality um, all over the place in the media. It's very, very bad, and we are on guard against that. And so we're careful about what movies we go to in the theater. We're careful about what programs we watch on television, on the Internet. We're careful about what kind of music we listen to. And that's important because the devil has been very effective at getting people to accept sin through the media. Uh, Several years ago now, uh, President, former President Bill Clinton was commenting on the acceptance of homosexuality in our society. And he pointed to a television program, Will and Grace, where a character was homosexual on that program. He said that he thought that was perhaps the most influential thing on our society, getting our society to accept homosexuality. He was honest enough to admit that the devil has a very powerful tool in the media. And he does. And he's using it very effectively. The devil, though, is a roaring lion going about seeking whom he may devour, as David just read for us. And roaring lions don't give up easy. They look for prey wherever they can find it. And just because we may be on guard against the types of programs that we view, the types of music that we watch or listen to and movies that we watch, doesn't mean that he's just going to give up on us and say enough's enough. I want to tell you there's another avenue in the media that the devil is using today to get people to accept sin and to uh, have sinful thoughts and attitudes and, and actions in their lives. And that is through the medium of advertisement. You know, we can be careful about the programs that we watch on television and the, and the things that we look at on the internet, but I'll tell you, advertising is hitting us constantly throughout the day. We see it on the billboards. We hear it on the radio. It's on the pop-ups on our, on our internet. Advertising is all around us, and the devil is trying to influence us to sin, I believe, through the advertising that we're being exposed to in our society. And tonight I want to look at some of the common advertising themes that the devil is using to try and get us to accept sin. For example, the first one, I believe the devil is trying to instill discontentedness with us via the advertising that we're exposed to. If you want advertising to be effective, you have to convince people that are your audience that what they have is not enough, that they need to buy what you're selling. For example, let's say that you're in the business of selling mattresses. Well, if I want to sell you a new mattress, I have to first convince you that the mattress that you're sleeping on is no good. I have to convince you that the mattress that you have is somehow defective, that it is really the reason why you're not sleeping well, why your back hurts in the morning. I have to convince you that what you have is not enough. Maybe I'm selling cars. Maybe I want you to buy a new car. And what do I do? How do I convince you to buy a new car? Well, I show you all the features that are on this new car that your old car doesn't have. 
I show you how luxuriously uh, appointed the seats are and the steering wheel and, and all of the nice features. That, by the way, your car doesn't have that. And I talk about how fast it accelerates. Your car isn't all that fast. And I talk about how smooth the ride is and how it doesn't have any road noise. Well, I've got a few rattles in my vehicle. I got to convince you that what you have isn't enough. And while you might have just been fine with the car that you were riding around in, but after listening to that commercial, you start to think, you know what? Maybe this thing is a jalopy. Maybe I do need something else. The devil is trying to convince us that what we have is not enough through advertising. It's breeding discontentment. And the scriptures are very clear on the fact that we have to be content in our lives. In Philippians chapter 4, in Philippians chapter 4, verse 11, Paul says in Philippians 4, beginning of verse 11, Not that I speak in respect of want, for I have learned in whatsoever state I am therewith to be content. I know how to be abased, and I know how to abound. Everywhere in all things I am instructed both to be full and to be hungry, to both abound and to suffer need. The devil is trying to tell you you don't have enough. That you shouldn't be content with whatever state you find yourself in. Paul says that he was. God wants us to be content. First Timothy chapter 6, beginning of verse 6. First Timothy chapter 6, verse 6, beginning. Now godliness with contentment is great gain. For we brought nothing into this world, and it is certain we can carry nothing out. And having food and clothing with these, we shall be content. Is that the attitude that you hear being presented in the media? Is that the attitude you see in the print media? It's absolutely not. It's contrary to what God would have us to have, and but we need to be aware of it. In, for, in Hebrews chapter 13, verse 5, Let your conduct be without covetousness. Be content with such things as you have. For he has said, uh, he himself has said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. Now, you've all heard the ads where maybe it's uh, some kind of new medicine that they're selling. And they have about five seconds of advertisement about the medicine and then 55 seconds of a guy talking real fast telling you the side effects and the things you need to be careful about. Can you imagine uh, maybe a, a car advertisement or a, uh, some other kind of advertisement? It has just a little blurb. And at the end of it, a guy comes on real fast and he says, let your conduct be without covetousness. Be content with such things as you have. They would never do that, would they? That would undo everything they had done in the advertisement because the advertisement is causing you to be discontent. It's their goal. It's what they're trying to do. And we need to be aware of that because the devil wants us to be discontented. Now, the obvious question we have to ask is, is it wrong to ever want anything new? Are you wrong for wanting that new mattress? Are you wrong for wanting a new furniture set? Is that wrong? Are you somehow sinful if you want something new? Maybe some new shoes? No, it's not wrong to want something new. But I'm going to tell you when our desire for something new causes us to be discontented or unhappy or unthankful with, for what, with what God has given us currently, I'm going to tell you that's become a sin. When our desire for something else causes us to stop being thankful for what we have right now, then we're not content with what we have, are we? When all we can focus on is what we think we want, 
and we stop to thank God for the blessings of what we have now, we're not content. And the devil has us where he wants us. We need to make sure we're aware of this theme that the devil's going to bombard us with throughout the day. The theme of being discontented. Furthermore, the devil also presents to us materialism in the advertising media that we're exposed to. Materialism, the idea that we need more stuff, that you need to have more, that your life is not complete without this new gizmo or this new product. You've got to have it. You can't be happy without it. Have a Coke and a smile is the idea. You've got to have their product in order to be happy. Materialism, the desire to have more and more stuff. And that can become our focus in life. We focus on how much stuff can I get. I've got to have more if my life is going to have meaning. I've got to get more. I've got to keep up with everyone else. And we begin to worship the wealth and the possessions that we have. And our purpose in life becomes getting more instead of serving God. The Bible warns us about materialism in Mark chapter 8. In Mark chapter 8, look at verse 36 beginning. Mark 8, verse 36. For what will it profit a man if he gains the whole world and loses his own soul? Or what will a man give in exchange for his soul? There's nothing worth compromising ourselves over. There's nothing worth shifting our priorities away from God over. If you could get it all, if you went to the mall and they just kept bringing it out in baskets for you and they brought the whole mall out for you and gave you all of it, if you lost your soul, it wouldn't be worth it. If they gave you the whole world, it wouldn't be worth it. And yet the devil's trying to shift our focus away from God onto the stuff in this life. In Luke chapter 12, verse 15, in Luke chapter 12, verse 15, he said unto them, Take heed and beware of covetousness, for one's life does not consist in the abundance of the things he possesses. That is exactly the opposite of what is told to us in the advertising world, isn't it? The advertising world tells us that your life consists of the things that you possess. And if you don't have this, your life is a failure. We have to understand the dangers of materialism. In 1 Corinthians chapter 6, 1 Corinthians chapter 6, beginning of verse 9, Do you not know that the unrighteous will not inherit the kingdom of God? Do not be deceived, neither fornicators, nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor homosexuals, nor sodomites, nor thieves, nor covetous nor drunkards, nor revilers, nor extortioners will inherit the kingdom of God. And such were some of you, but you were washed, but you were sanctified, but you were justified in the name of the Lord Jesus and by the Spirit of our God. A lot of sins that we would put in the really bad bucket. There are no buckets in God's eyes, by the way. But right in there with those sins is the sin of covetousness, of that sin of worshiping stuff and making it your idol and your God, wanting more and more stuff. And it's easy to see why people do, because they get exposed to this over and over and over again. Parable of the, or the story of the rich young ruler could very easily be the rich young American that's been influenced by advertising. In Matthew chapter 19, in Matthew chapter 19, beginning of verse 16, 
And behold, one came uh, and said to him, Good teacher, what good thing shall I do that I may inherit eternal life? So he said to him, Why do you call me good? No one is good but one, that is God. But if you want to enter into life, keep the commandments. He said to them, which ones? Jesus said, you shall not murder. You shall not commit adultery. You shall not steal. You shall not commit or bear false witness. Honor your father and your mother, and you shall love your neighbor as yourself. The young, woman said, young man said to him, all these things I have kept from my youth, what do I still lack? Jesus said to him, if you want to be perfect, go and sell what you have and give to the poor, and you'll have treasure in heaven and come follow me. But when the young man heard that saying, he went away sorrowful, for he had great possessions. His possessions took the place of God. And that's exactly where the devil wanted him. You notice the devil didn't have to convince him that God didn't exist. The devil didn't have to convince him to just give up on his faith entirely. He just had to shift his priorities. Isn't that scary? The devil doesn't have to sell you on the fact that you've got to throw your Bible away. The devil doesn't have to sell you on the fact that religion is worthless. He just has to get your priorities out of whack. He had the rich young ruler exactly where he wanted him. The attitude that the advertisers present, though, that we need to have more and more stuff will lead us to a life that is empty and unfulfilling. In Ecclesiastes chapter 5, verse 10, He that loveth silver shall not be satisfied with silver, nor he that loveth abundance with increase. This is also vanity. There is no happiness at the end of the road of materialism. The devil wants you to believe that if you can just get far enough down this road and get enough stuff, then you will be happy. You will you'll reach it. Solomon knew from experience that there's no happiness there. Materialism is an empty promise that the devil's trying to sell us in advertising. I'll tell you something else that he's trying to sell us in advertising, and that is the idea of hedonism. And that's a $5 word. But we'll define that here so we can understand what we're talking about. And I think once we define it, we'll understand what he's selling us in advertising. Hedonism is the pursuit of or devotion to pleasure, especially the pleasures of the senses. In philosophy, it is the ethical doctrine holding that only what is pleasant or has pleasant consequences is intrinsically good. It has to be fun. It has to be pleasant or else it's not good and we don't want it. In psychology, it is the doctrine holding that behavior is motivated by the desire for pleasure and the avoidance of pain. These definitions are from the American Heritage Dictionary. The idea is that you have to have fun, that everything has to be fun. That life is all about having fun and enjoyment and pleasure and do whatever it takes to have pleasure. Pursue pleasure at all costs. That's hedonism. And that's what advertising is telling us. Advertisers show people having fun with their product. Smiling, having a good time. Trying to convince us that if we get their product, that we'll be having fun too. And we'll be smiling and everything will be wonderful. That if you can just have enough fun, that's all that matters. It'll be good and you'll have fun and be happy. The Bible tells us, though, that we have to be careful about devoting our lives to just pursuing pleasure. In 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 4, talking about uh, the wicked people here 
One of their characteristics was they would be lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God. They had taken this pursuit of pleasure, of fun, of a good time. They'd taken that and put in it above God. And they were condemned for that. In the parable of the sower, Jesus warns us that this pursuit of pleasure can have terrible consequences with relationship to our soul. In Luke chapter 8, verse 14, Now the ones that fell on the thorns are those who, when they have heard, go out and are choked with cares, riches, and pleasures of life and bring no fruit to maturity. This pursuit of pleasure, of fun, of things that are enjoyable, it chokes out the word. It makes us unfruitful spiritually. It will kill us spiritually if we make pleasure and fun our goal. Solomon had tried this as well. Solomon had tried pleasure. He had indulged himself with pleasure and he found no fulfillment there in Ecclesiastes chapter 2. Ecclesiastes chapter 2 verse 1. I said in my heart, go to now, I will prove thee with mirth. Therefore enjoy pleasure and behold, this is also vanity. I said of laughter, madness and mirth, what does it accomplish? Solomon had gone after fun and good times. And he got to the end of that road and he said, you know what? It's just vanity. It's madness. It doesn't do anything. Hedonism is being sold to us in the media and the advertising that we see around us all the time. The pursuit of pleasure at all costs. And we need to be aware that this is the devil's sales tactic trying to convince us to shift our priorities again away from God. Now we have to ask the question, is it wrong to have fun? No, it's not wrong to have fun. If it's not wrong to have fun, then why do we worry about hedonism? Because hedonism is taking it too far, isn't it? Putting that above our responsibility to God. Making pleasure and fun our ultimate goal and it becomes our idol. And that's what we're seeing in the advertising around us. I want to tell you another one of Satan's sales tactics that we're seeing in the media. And the advertising that's around us is the idea of pride. The idea of pride. You know, if an advertiser wants to sell you something, one good way to do it is by appealing to your pride. Wouldn't you look good wearing this brand of attire? Wouldn't you look good in this type of house? Wouldn't you look good in this sports car? And by the way, you deserve the sports car. It's not just a matter of it being a nice car. You deserve it because you're special. And you work hard and you're, you're a, a real important person. You deserve this or that. Appealing to our pride. Imagine the look on your friends' faces when they see you with this new jewelry. Your pride. Your pride. All right. The advertisers play on our desire to be seen by others, to be thought of as successful by those that we encounter on a daily basis, appealing to our pride. The Bible warns us about pride. It warns us about the pride that can result from our material prosperity. In 1 Timothy chapter 6, verse 17, we talked about this last week. 1 Timothy chapter 6, verse 17. Charge them that they're rich in this world, that they be not high-minded, nor trust in uncertain riches, but in the living God who giveth us richly all things to enjoy. That they do good, that they be rich in good works, 
ready to distribute, willing to communicate, laying up in store for themselves a good foundation against the time to come that they may lay hold on eternal life. We need to be careful. The devil's trying to inflate our pride through advertising. And pride is our enemy. In Romans chapter 5, verse 8, But God commended his love toward us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. What are we really? We were sinners that had to have Christ's sacrifice so that we could be saved. If we get lifted up in our pride, we need to come back to earth and realize what we are. In James chapter 2, verse 5, James chapter 2, verse 5, Listen, my beloved brethren, has God not chosen the poor of this world to be rich in faith and heirs of the kingdom which he promised to those who love him? The poor in this world, they're the ones who are humble. They're the ones who are going to be submissive to God. And we need to understand that. Furthermore, we see another theme in advertising that is very dangerous, and that is the idea of lust and lasciviousness. Advertisers continually use sex to draw attention to their product. They use lasciviousness and lust to try and get your attention because the old adage is that sex sells, and it does, and many people are using this in their advertising campaigns. Some advertisers don't even try and make a connection between their product and sex. They just use the sex to draw attention to their product. There were, a while back, junkyards that use, on their billboards, were advertising for their junkyard with women, scantily, scantily clad women advertising their junkyard. Now, I've spent some time in junkyards, and I've not seen women in junkyards typically. There's no connection there, but they understand that lust is attractive to get people's attention. We need to understand this and understand what the Bible tells us about lust in Proverbs chapter 6. In Proverbs chapter 6, beginning of verse 23. Proverbs chapter 6, verse 23. For the commandment uh, is a lamp and the law a light. Reproofs of, inst of instruction are the way of life to keep you from the evil woman, from the flattering tongue of a seductress. Do not lust after her beauty in your heart, nor let her allure you with her eyelids, for by means of a harlot a man is reduced to a crust of bread. And an adulteress will prey upon his precious life. Can a man take fire to his bosom and his clothes not be burned? Can walk, one walk on hot coals and his feet not be seared? So is he who goes into his neighbor's wife. Whoever touches her shall not be innocent. The wise man warns about the dangers of lust, and yet it's presented to us constantly in the media in advertisement. In Matthew chapter 5, verse 28, Jesus says, But I say to you that whosoever looks at a woman to lust for her has already committed adultery with her in his heart. Jesus warns us it's not just about the act. It's about the thought. We need to be aware of that. In 1 Peter chapter 4, verses 3 and 4, for the time past of our, for we have spent enough of our past lifetime in doing the will of the Gentiles. When we walked in lewdness, lust, drunkenness, revelries, drinking parties, and abominable idolatries. In regard to these, they think it strange that you do not run with them in the same flood of dissipation, speaking evil of you. The devil's going to use lust and lasciviousness over and over again in the advertising world. We need to be aware of it. 
And I want to tell you, there's another danger with this that's being presented. And it's not necessarily the lusting that's the problem. It's the setting the standard of what's appropriate in how we dress. You know, advertisers have to show some skin. They have to reduce the amount of clothing that's being worn to sort of get people's attention. And that becomes the standard that people use to decide what's appropriate to leave the house wearing. And when we view that media in the advertisement that's being bombarded, uh, we're being bombarded with, that'll eventually lower our standards. You know, well, it'd be all right to wear that. That's what all the ladies are wearing in the ads. That might be okay. There's a danger here. And it comes to us in the form of advertising. We need to be aware of it. I'll tell you, there's also the danger of suggestive material in advertising. Repeatedly, ads are shown with suggestive concepts that leave very little to the imagination. Even the slogans and the taglines of companies are uh, suggestive in their nature. And we won't uh, talk about those, but you've probably seen and, and heard the, the suggestive taglines and advertising that's rampant in the world around us. We do understand what Ephesians chapter 5 verse 3 says. Ephesians chapter 5 verse 3 says, But fornication and all uncleanness and covetousness, let it not be even named among you as is fitting for saints, neither filthiness nor foolish talking nor coarse jesting, which are not fitting, but rather giving of thanks. For this you know that no fornicator, unclean person, nor covetous man who is an idolater has any inheritance in the kingdom of God and Christ. This idea of coarse jesting, and foolish talking, the idea of innuendo, of not saying what you really mean, of planting little seeds in one's imagination where they can finish the thought. That is in advertising today, and it's rampant in our culture today. And the scriptures tell us that we cannot be guilty of this, this idea of innuendo and filthy talking. In Matthew chapter 12, verse 35, beginning. Matthew 12, beginning verse 35. A good man out of the good treasure of his heart brings forth good things. And an evil man out of the evil treasure brings forth evil things. But I say to you that every, for every idle word men may speak, they will give account of it in the day of judgment. Christians need to be careful about the suggestive material in advertising. Because it plants those seeds of thought in our minds. And it will cause us to think things that we should not be thinking. There are lots of problems with the media that we're exposed to on a regular basis. Maybe we hadn't stopped to think about the advertising that we're being exposed to. And some of those thoughts that the devil's trying to plant in our head. The idea of not being content with what you have. Not being thankful. The devil's got to, The advertisers have to do that if they're going to try and sell your product. They're, we have also you see the idea of materialism. That you need more and more stuff. Hedonism, that if you have more stuff and you can have more fun, then your life will be good. The idea of pride, that you deserve something, or you want others' attention by what you have. Lust and lasciviousness and the suggestive material that is in advertising. Well, should we worry about these things? Yes, we should. Because the devil's a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. The devil's not a kind little kitty that wants to lick you. The devil's a roaring lion that wants to destroy you. And he'll take any avenue that he can, including the advertising that we're exposed to, to do that.
What about you tonight? Have you been on guard against the devil? Are you living like you should in every aspect of your life? Or have you opened a door for the devil to sneak in and cause you to sin? If there's anything we can do to help you tonight, will you let us know while we stand and while we sing?